You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm super excited about this episode. We're obviously experiencing a crazy time in human history. Uh, we're in the process of different phases of phases of lockdowns. And with that said, we've also seen some very strange things happen in our society, in our communication and connection with each other. And this is something that I really wanted to address because throughout our lifetime, I don't think any of us have ever seen a time when we've been so disconnected. There are micro examples of connections taking place because of the amazing capacity of social media and our technology. You know, like on Instagram, they'll have these battles going on between groups from like the 90s going up against another group from the 90s, you know, playing their greatest hits. We have Nelly going against Ludacris, right? And they're playing all of their hits back to back to back. And you get into the debate, like who got the best, you know, catalog, and, but everybody's just appreciating and getting a vibe together and, and joining up. But these are micro examples. The, the macro example out in the actual world itself is very different. People are more disconnected than ever. People are walking down the street and going to the other side of the street to avoid getting even within, not even six feet isn't enough from the next person. You know, we go to the grocery store and you do your very best to avoid even eye contact with another person. And so many people are in fear. Now that might not be you doing that, but you might've had examples where you've been in excessive fear, not even necessarily fear for yourself, but maybe you're in fear that somebody's in fear of you and you're carrying this around. And none of this obviously is going to play out benefits as far as our human connection and just remaining a strain of our humanity. And so I wanted to talk about that today. I wanna to talk about our disconnection. I want to bring on the very best person that I possibly could to talk about like, what are some of the solutions? Because I know that we're in the midst of a storm, but there has got to be something better to come out of this, some kind of a way. And I don't think anybody could articulate it better than my guest that I have on today. And so fortunately, I'm here at my place in Los Angeles and to even have access to this human being and to have him here at my place is just out of this world from my mind, from the person that I was, you know, even 10 years ago to be able to see something like this. And I'm saying this because the first time I heard his voice, I was at my apartment. I was in college at the time, my college apartment in Ferguson, Missouri. And my wife got a DVD from my mother-in-law. Again, just always having an influence in my life. And we watched this DVD and this person jumped out so much in this documentary. There's many different people speaking, but he jumped out so much to me. It just seems like the things that he was saying, I always knew, but I never knew. So I hope that makes sense. The things he was saying is like, it seemed like a timeless truth that was already in my DNA. It's just, I never paid attention to it. And long story short, you know, when we were living at this college apartment, my mattress is on the floor. I had, I think it's like Dell. Is Dell still out there? But just like, you gotta buy different computer pieces, whatever, put it together yourself. I was like doing the cheapest possible way just to even get online and do my schoolwork, you know? And just me having the computer, I had to go into debt to get a computer. I was not flourishing on the financial side, you know, and, and also it was very close quarters. You know, I lived in an apartment complex 
in the area that I was in, uh, there's, you know, liquor store right there. There's um, check cash in place. There's, you know, all of this fast food around. There's not any real access to anything that's healthy. A gym? Oh my, forget about it. There's not a gym within miles and miles and miles of any direction. It just wasn't even part of, but a yoga studio? No way, you know, let alone like we can keep getting into, I didn't have access is my point. I didn't have a vision of what was possible bigger than what I was in. I knew that there was a potential for greatness in me. I, I felt that thank, thanks to, in large part to my grandmother who just kind of instilled this, this feeling in me that I'm loved and that I matter. That matters so much for all of us. And finding a way to do that for our kids and for other people, it can transform their lives. And so I just wanted to plant that little seed as well, but I felt like there was something that I was destined to do. I didn't know quite what it was yet, but I was very passionate about helping people to get healthier. And I, but again, for my life personally, I was still just struggling to get by. A lot of month left at the end of the money. And after hearing from him and gaining access to his tools, like the Life Visioning Process program, for example, I started to understand that I can think bigger than my circumstances, right? I can think bigger because I was very much operating in the circumstances and doing the best that I could. And I was great at helping other people to take control of their health. But if it's always a struggle for me just to pay my bills, I'm gonna be taking away energy from being of service. So I needed to get that part figured out. But, you know, growing up much the same way that uh, many other people have, you know, in, in poverty, all I knew was struggle when it came to that thing. I turned my health around, which was an anomaly. But once I did that thing myself, I knew that it could be replicated. The financial part and just being able to, you know, have a, a place of like certainty and security with that, had no idea that that was even a thing, you know? And I started to script out my life. I started to envision something bigger and health in all areas of my life, not just physically, but having great emotional and mental health, having great financial well-being, having great relationship richness, you know, and just knowing that all of these things are possible, but we often think we have to trade one in for the other. And so it just really sent me on a venture to understand that I need to have nourishment in all these areas. And that's really one of the foundational pieces of why the Model Health Show exists, is that health isn't just one thing. Health isn't just eating healthy food. There are people who eat the most personalized, body-typed, blood-typed, DNA-cultivated gene-strip whatever diet who are struggling with a chronic illness because of all the stress in their life, because they're not dealing with their relationships. And this is a real thing. We've got actual hardcore science on this and just how our beliefs literally create chemistry in our bodies. You know, so if you're constantly thinking about anger and disassociation from other people and hatred and discontent and not enough and all these different things, you're creating chemistry in your body. And that chemistry, if we're talking about taking a pharmaceutical medication, for example, all it's doing when you take that thing is your body is creating chemistry in response to the drug. It's largely not the drug that does the thing, it's your body's response to the drug. And our bodies have this incredible capacity to create feelings, to create response based on the way that we think. And so knowing that, and knowing that there's all these different levels of health and wellness, I wanted to bring all of that to you from the very best people in the world and also to create masterclasses myself 
based on all of the incredible data that we have, packaged up in a way that makes sense so that we can be empowered. And that's what this episode is about today. It's about empowerment in a very strange time, in a time that seems like it's just shrouded in uncertainty. And so we're gonna get to that very soon, but I also want to share this with you that obviously taking care of our nutrition is of paramount importance right now, especially for those who are carrying that fear, which is a very real fear, is justifiable, but I wanna help to, to bring that fear down because as we'll even talk about today, that fear response in the body suppresses your immune system. Right? So what are some simple, clinically proven things that we can do to add to the fold to help to take care of our immune system? Researchers at UC Davis recently published data affirming that spirulina is an effective immunomodulator. That means that it's an agent that is able to affect the behavior of your immune cells. A spirulina was also found to enhance the ability of macrophages that actually engulf and eat viruses and other pathogens like infectious bacteria and things like that. And spirulina was found to improve antibody responses and the activity of your natural killer cells. Natural killer cells are clinically proven to kill coronavirus infected cells. It's one of the few things. This is one of the things we're looking at for kids. Why are kids apparently having such a high resistance to this particular viral infection? And what the data is pointing at is that they have much more active and intelligent developing natural killer cells. All right, so really, really cool. But spirulina is one of those foods that by us consuming it can help our bodies to do these remarkable jobs. And so for me, spirulina is one of the highlighted ingredients in the Organifi green juice. This is why my kids have it. This is why this is a big part in my protocol, my wife's protocol. Very simple, easy to do thing, but it's based on whole real food concentrate versus some synthetic form if we're looking to get our vitamins and minerals as well. So spirulina is in there, ashwagandha is in there, which has clinical evidence in helping the body to uh, balance and modulate stress. We've got chlorella in there, one of the highest sources of chlorophyll, if not the highest source of chlorophyll of any food. The list goes on and on. The ingredients are amazing, organic, and curated from the best sources. And it tastes amazing on top of all that. So pop over there, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 20% off the green juice formula, the red juice formula, and everything else that they carry. All right. It's absolutely amazing and critical right now to make sure we're getting our nutrient bases covered. So pop over there, check them out. Organifi.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Love You by the Freedomista. I just love you. I love how you always go back to your story. I love hearing about your grandma and your kids. I love that you reference movies all the time. I love your episode on COVID, and I feel the same about personal connection and getting out in the fresh air. I even turned my husband onto your podcast, and he loves it too. So thank you for keeping it real and grounded. You are awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are awesome. And I appreciate that very much. And thank you for acknowledging me and seeing that. It really does mean a lot. I appreciate it immensely. And if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. It means so very much. And with that said, let's go ahead and jump into our special guest and topic of the day. Today's guest is Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, who's a best-selling author and also the founder and director of Agape International Spiritual Center. And I think that today, this episode is really, really gonna blow your mind and open your mind to a new paradigm and some very specific on the ground 
tactical, tangible things that we can do right now to help just kind of shift all of the stuff that's just in, in, in seeming like chaos right now. There is some order to be found. And, and also I think that there's some hidden gifts in all of this. And uh, again, I couldn't think of anybody else better to talk about the situation and talk about how to address our disconnection because we need each other right now. And there's a lot of, of things going on in the world, obviously. You know, people are physically disconnected from each other and also mentally and emotionally, but some of this stuff is being brought up to the surface. You know, another big part of having a healthy community is protecting our community, protecting our community from violence and violence, violent offenses, you know, by having fear, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of not understanding each other, not understanding people's position and not being able to have compassion. These are all vital tools right now, but it's gonna be up to us to really cultivate and develop these things and to express them. And so without further ado, let's jump into this incredible conversation with Dr. Michael Beckwith. By the way, I noticed your, your, your necklace. That one's a little bit different from what I saw. Yeah, it's in Mala, I got in India at the, um, what's it called? Festival. International was that the one festival. Prince E was there? Yeah. Yeah. That's my guy. He's from St. Louis too. Yeah. 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 He's good. He, um, like you, he said he studied my material. Yeah. And he uh, turned on a lot, turned a lot of people onto it. He said he, he would go to all these teachers to see who was really real. Mm, and then right. he just meticulously went through my books. He showed them all on, on his phone. Yeah. He says, yeah, I found that you were the real deal and you've influenced me greatly. So it was, it was good meeting him there. Yeah. That's beautiful. And he, he actually came to an event that I was speaking at. That's where I met him. And I didn't know that he was on the cusp of like all of these amazing things that he was doing. Right. And I started to see him at the gym and he was doing all these like weird videos. He like have a, you know, like a, um, a mask at a different time of wearing a mask, but right. like a full like character mask on. It was like an older person. Right. And then they'd like do something with the video to make it look like a real old, older face. Yeah. And just very creative. Um, but that's the thing, he does the work. Yeah. You know, he's doing, he puts, he's putting some good messaging out there Yeah, for that, for that demographic. He's Absolutely. Millions of people yeah. tuning into him. Yeah. So cool to see. And like, as you were mentioning as well, but just affirming and you being here at my home and us having this space, I didn't grow up in this kind of environment. I didn't grow up having space. I grew up, you know, even when I got my first time having my own room, Literally, I can only fit the bed in there and I had to walk around the bed sideways, right? <laughs> and before that, you know, I always shared a room with my brother and sister. Um, for a time, I, me and my brother would sleep on the floor before my sister was born. And when I met my wife, who, you know, has just really been a game changer for me personally, but I, was, I had this one bedroom apartment, tiny, is in Ferguson, Missouri. Very uh, volatile environment around me, but I'd commute into the university every day and I was just focused on, I knew that I was gonna graduate. I didn't know right. what greatness was in store, but I knew I was gonna do something great. And then we got connected to your work yeah. by her, my mother-in-law again, fortunately. And I listened to what you said. I listened to the principles and it just sounded so commonsensical. It just sounded like, yes, it, it sounded like I knew it already, but I never paid attention to it. Yeah. And I took that and I started to apply those things and you know, cut through, not that there isn't trials and tribulations, things that helped to evolve me to get me here, but I'm here. Right. Like my life is completely transformed right. by applying the things that I learned from you. Like you planted that seed and I, I guess just kind of took care of it and made it grow. That's outstanding. But you know, you're, you're a testimony to the fact that if people just do the work, 
You know, it's not magical thinking. It's not magic. You know, it's actually application of spiritual principles. And principles, um, just like gravity works for everyone, you know, it doesn't work for a few people. You know, if so, everyone jumps off a roof, they're going to they're gonna hit, hit the ground. You know, the spiritual principles that you applied work for every single person. And so you went from no space to spaciousness, <laughs> you know, and, and you're touching so many people and, and, and bringing the, uh, you know, your tremendous gifts, changing lives. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're passing it on. Yeah. You know, thank you. Thank you. One of the things also that you helped to affirm was through that transformation in my own life was through service. Yes. You know, and just like I went just head over heels and how can I serve? And I cult and I literally took on that statement you said, and I wake up first thought, how can I serve today? How can I serve? One day I'm going to have at the front door of Agape servants entrance. Mm. You know, wow. that we just come you in. Flip that. Yeah, where this is the service. Whereas before, the service entrance was like the back door, right? And it had a you know pejorative meaning to it. I'm going to change it to no. We've we've all showed up to serve. Yeah. You serve the higher power, to serve our great destiny, to serve the potential that's within us. You know, uh, and just change that and flip that whole thing up. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it's obviously. Um, much more challenging, in a sense, to be focused on service when there's so much turbulence going on around us. It's, it's, a, it's gonna be a little bit more challenging, I believe, to be more positive and to keep our minds focused on what's real. Um, just first of all, what's going on right now? Like, for real, <laughs> real talk, this is crazy. It's crazy what's happening around us. What, what from your perspective, what's happening? What's going on? You know, on? There, there are so many levels to what's happening. You know, from the, the very practical uh, fear that's gripped people's minds, that's, cre you know, that's the virus of the mind, first of all, is fear. And fear uh, diminishes your perspective, uh, blocks your perception, inhibits wisdom, guidance, and direction. So the world has taken a nightmare pill where they're living in uh, the vibration of a worst case scenario and all the things that come with that. Um, from the higher perspective, we're in a deep cleansing. You know, the, 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 the earth itself is vibrating at a much higher octave. The earth is alive. You know, when you look at it from the, the shamanic, mystical uh, vibration uh, domain, the earth is alive and it's vibrating high, which means that everything at a lower frequency is being cleansed out. From the scientific point of view, they can measure the vibration of the earth and it's definitely increased over the last 30 years. So from the science and from the mystical, a shamanic, you know, frequency has raised, which means that we're in a great clearing right now. You can see when you look out on the world events, things that would have taken years for us to discover, we now find out the next day. Hmm. Like politicians would tell a lie. Yeah. You wouldn't know that for five years. Right. They got away with it. Today, you can see them lying right in front of you. You know they're telling a lie. Mm. You know, so things are much more transparent. So right now we're in a, in, a, in a situation where you're looking at the death of an old paradigm and the birth of the new, but the old paradigm is very loud and trying to hold on. And the new, you have little buds of the new springing up, but they're not as loud as the old. And so I, I always like to say that those who are waking up and are embracing a higher order of being, love, compassion, generosity, service, you know, there's no superiority, 
our, our, our inferiority around humanity. We're all sourced from the same, same source. People who are, who are awakened to that, I like to say that we are the reporters of the new paradigm that's yet to be. And the other individuals are reporters of the status quo and that which is dying. So when you turn on the news and you look at the reporters telling you something, they're actually reporting from a status quo and old paradigm. And it inundates people's minds. People actually believe what they're looking at, even though they forget that we live in the most censored, one of the most censored countries in the world. And you're only gonna get what powers that be want you to see. So when you ask what's going on, this, there's, a, there's a lot of flux, a lot of turbulence. Everything is up, racism, white superiority, uh, hate, you know, all of that, you know, so we have to thank 45 for allowing that to be more transparent. You know, uh, he accidentally opened up, the, opened up the curtain to see what has been, what we've known been fomenting for years. We know about, about, about racism. We know about um, the hatred of the color of our skin. We know about it, but he's opened up the window so everybody is seeing it and saying, wow, this is still going on, this is real. So what looks bad, and it is terrible, death, mayhem, police brutality, uh, politicizing of a, of a COVID-19, you know, making a political football rather than dealing with some serious science behind it. It's all a part of an old paradigm trying to hold on, mm. you know. And, and the first thing that has to happen is individuals have to know how to handle fear. They have to know how to navigate with that. They have to know how to mm, not allow it to run them, you know. And that's, that's a lot of the work that I have an opportunity to do. It's what you're doing, you know. The, the average person is scared, yeah. you know. And what happens when you're afraid? Your immune system right. diminishes. Yeah. Your immune system diminishes. You catch the common cold. You catch the flu. You catch whatever's out there. And it becomes... Um, more debilitating than it would be if you weren't afraid. Yeah. You know. This is just common, commonsensical stuff. Yeah. Total, totally practical. Yeah. You, you know, know I, I actually marvel on a daily basis at how little we know. Yeah. And I'm very much interested right now in exploring the cosmos from our little, little uh, perspective that we can see. Right. And the fact that we have billions of galaxies. We're in one galaxy. <laughs> right. Billions of galaxies. And we get so caught up in this minutia. Right. We're afraid of the smallest thing. Right. And there's so much that's so much grander than this. Right. And we forget how powerful we are. At the same time, it's just this beautiful poetry that's always existing because if you take that macro perspective, like, and my son Braden actually said this, he was like, to another galaxy, we're like, an ant of an ant of an ant of an ant. It's like, we don't really matter, but we do at the same time. Right. You know, but it's just like, I, I use that perspective all the time to just see like, how big is this problem really from the grand perspective? And then I can actually look at this from a more compassionate perspective and see what can I actually change? Because you've taught me this as well, that we do affect what's, ar what's around us. Absolutely. I, th I think that what you're saying is very important. We, we, we can ask ourselves, you know, am I going to be concerned about this five years from now? What I'm dealing with, whatever it is. And then we say, it's probably not going to be that important. Sometimes what I ask people to do is to take out a newspaper, read it from front to back, put it away, 
and then pick it up six months later and read it. And you'll see all the things you would, that was the top headlines and everybody was concerned about this. And, you know, it's generally faded and something else is taking its place. And what is taking its place is another fear-based way of looking at life. So we have to understand that these things do pass. Now, the way that you're describing this is there's the universal perspective, millions of galaxies, multidimensional universes, the cosmos always expanding, um, the eternal presence that we're living in. That's timeless. And then there's time. And so our role is to bring the timeless into time, meaning creativity, innovativeness, resourcefulness, um, poetry, uh, generosity, that's also timeless. It means you've gone to a space outside of time and you've brought something into time. That's what a soulful artist does. They bring something into time. So most people lose their perspective and they live primarily from fight or flight. Mm. You know, uh, they're trying to save their life. They're into, and they're into the survival frequency. They lose their perspective of the cosmos, of their connection to the timeless. So this is what spiritual practice is all about. It's not about uh, magical thinking or wishing that something wasn't happening or burying your head in the ground and pretending that a bad thing did not happen. It is about understanding that <clears throat> in this universal perspective, there aren't any problems. There, aren't, there are only ideas and solutions and spiritual prototypes, and we have to go there and get them and bring them here. Yeah. You know, this is a solution for everything. There cannot be a problem and not be a solution. That's an impossibility, you know, but you don't get to the solution from fear or being, being, being time blinded. The solution comes from your expanded awareness, you know. So again, you don't pretend something negative is not happening. Things, there's some destruction going on. There's some hate happening. You know, there's police brutality happening. My brother just got kneed on and got killed, you know. Uh, the individual soulless. He had no the individual that killed him, murdered him in plain daylight, plain sight. Had no uh, um, feeling for another human being that he was holding down. That kind of uh, thought is still alive, you know. And the narrative behind the thought that a person with darker skin is less than that narrative still exists. And so we're here to change that narrative, you know. And, and uh, to act on every single level to change that level, level uh, that narrative from the cosmos all the way to grassroots act, action, you know, from a perspective of holding a vision of what's possible. You know, that, that's kind of our role right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. And we all have the capacity to do that. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I would like for you to, if you could, because like you said, fear is, fear is the most contagious thing right now. Yeah. And my mission from the beginning of this shift that's happening, you know, with COVID spreading, was just this premise that I live by is that we fear what we don't understand. Right. Right. So, like, how can I help people to to get educated about uh, how viruses work, how their immune system works? And it's been wonderful. The feedback. You've done a good community. job on that too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And so that's that's one part of it, though. But I know that there's more. There's, like you said, there's many solutions. So. And understanding that many people are, even if they don't realize it, likely debilitated by fear right now. If they're not taking action in their lives, if they're not seeing a higher vision, if they're not seeing the opportunity and what can be done. 
Um, what can we do to kind of turn that fear around and, and, and find a way to just bring, bring that, the, the greater gifts that you were talking about into right. the real world? Well, first of all, we have to understand that fear is an energy. It's energetic. And energy, as you know, is, is never created or destroyed. It just transmutes itself. It, it becomes a higher or lower frequency. So when you begin, I'll cover this in a couple of levels. So fear can be transmuted to excitement and excitement can be transmuted to enthusiasm if you walk in the direction of being your better self, walk in the direction of a goal, walk in the direction of some kind of accomplishment, walk in the direction of some kind of service, you can transmute fear. So you, I, don't, I don't teach people, well, in order to do something, you gotta get rid of your fear. You're never, that's never gonna happen. What you do is you become aware, okay, I'm afraid. Every, every, we're all human, okay, there's fear here. Okay, now I'm gonna walk in the direction of my good so that the fear then becomes excitement. I'm excited now. Then excitement becomes enthusiasm. Enthusiasm means in God, in feels, in the presence. So we have to do that on three levels. There's the physical level. You teach a lot about this. What is your nutrition? What is your sleep pattern? What is your exercise? You know, so you, you can control that. You can control what goes in your body. Are you doing a lot of sugar? Are you doing a lot of processed foods? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so on the physical level, nutrition, exercise, uh, sleep. You, we talked earlier about uh, uh, taking a, a, a break from our devices. What did you call it? A screen curfew. A screen curfew. You know, have some screen curfew time in which you, you pull away from that. that. That affects you physically. Yeah. Then there's mentally. What is your inner conversation like? You gotta catch yourself when you're going down a track of worry. Worry is emotionally rehearsing the very things you don't want to experience. Mm. You're rehearsing it. Oh, I hope this doesn't happen. Oh my God, I hope this doesn't happen. What are we gonna do if this happens? You know, now you're rehearsing. Your body doesn't know the difference between whether it's happened or hasn't happened. It's just gonna give you the cascade of chemicals that match what you're emotionally rehearsing. So mentally, we have to take dominion over our thinking. We have to be aware of those thoughts and begin to say other things to ourselves. It's gonna be okay. I'm gonna make it through this. Uh, I'm gonna grow through this. I'm gonna become a, a better individual because of this. You, you know, you can begin to create your own self-talk so that mentally, you're not picking up what's in the news. You're not allowing someone else's agenda to get into your mind. You know, it doesn't mean you're not prudent. Doesn't mean you're not careful. Doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. Physically, you're washing your hands, you're showering, you know, you're, you're taking care of yourself, yes. But mentally, you're starting to talk to yourself differently. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. You can just start with that. And then spiritually, we become aware, and this is not religion, it's not religious. You know, spiritually, we open ourselves up to the fact that there's something about us that's eternal, that's forever. And this is when real prayer comes in. I'm not talking about begging a God, a magical God out there. I'm talking about really communing with the presence and having a, an inner realization that what you're praying for, you already have it. And then there's meditation in which you are communing with the eternal. Uh, there's breath work. There's other 
spiritual technologies, your yogic practice, your spiritual, other spiritual technologies that bring you into an awareness of your spiritual nature. So now you have your spiritual nature guiding your mental nature, guiding your physical nature. So now you're walking in the direction of your unfolding. And what does that mean? It means that we're, 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 change is always happening, but we can participate in our own unfolding. We don't have to fall prey uh, to the world of phenomena and all the things that are going on. I'm aware, I know this for certain, this is not like conjecture. I know that everyone has a great destiny. I know that everyone has something beautiful within them. Just like every rose seed has a rose bush, it's in there already. So that's called unfoldment. When that seed is planted in the proper soil, it unfolds and reveals what's already in there. There's something within us. We want to participate in its unfolding. So if I'm walking in the direction of, I'm unfold of my own unfolding, then my fear becomes excitement. Ooh. I don't, I don't even know what it's gonna be. I don't have any idea what's here, but I'm walking in that direction. I become excited. And then when I make contact, I become enthused. You see, where's fear? It's been transmuted. It's been transmuted. Now, as I said earlier, the world has taken a nightmare pill. They're in deep fear. And there are certain powers that be that want you in fear. They can't control you if you're not in fear. They can't control you if you're not in fear. If you're not in fear, creativity happens. Innovativeness happens. Resourcefulness happens. Spontaneous goodness happens. New inventions happen. New ideas burst into the scene. We create our own renaissance. That cannot happen if people are in fear. I mean, right now, people are in a matrix of um, slavery. They, we actually pay for electricity, and electricity is free. <laughs> We actually believe we have to pay for that. That's, that's called slavery, you know, but powers that be have people believe in, I gotta, gotta pay for this electricity because one day it's gonna run out. No, it's not. Mm. You, can, you, you can have devices that give you free electricity. Yeah. People are enslaved to fossil fuels. They actually believe they need it. They don't need it. There's a new something trying to emerge. However, the status quo keeps you in the matrix of fear so that you become enslaved to being a consumer rather than a creator. People actually believe they're born to go shop rather than born to actually deliver gifts and talents and capacities and music and dance and great architecture and great books and great ways of being with each other and love and compassion and generosity. You know, people are, are, are enslaved, don't even know it. Yeah, man, that's, this might be uh, a tough pill to swallow you know, and we talked about this. You didn't realize because you haven't been watching the news that there's a death toll ticker going on on television, which again, it's, it's okay to be aware, but to have this running, like it's some kind, like these aren't even people anymore. Right, you know, statistics. It becomes statistics and statistically scary right. just because the number's growing. Right. And we don't have the re reverse. We don't have the good news report. Right. We don't have how many people are okay. Right. Guess what? Another person's okay. Right. You know, that would it literally would transform humanity just to stay up to date with all the wonderful things that are happening. Not to say again that there aren't problems. Yeah. yeah. And, and not that not, and, and we definitely have compassion for people who've lost their loved ones, whether it's been in a car accident or whether it's been through the coronavirus. 
or whether it's been through suicide or whether it's been through old age. Tremendous compassion for the people who have lost loved ones, absolutely. However, like you said, what if a ticker was up there that said, this person just had a remission, another remission, another healing of diabetes. Oh my God, this person healed cancer. What would happen to the mindset of people? We would begin to believe that certain things are possible yeah. rather than walking in a certain dread, you know? And, and right now, we're the reporters of that paradigm, whereas the reporters of the old paradigm are giving you a death ticker, you know? So people are going to sleep, hoping that they wake up in the morning or their parents wake up or they're, they're again, what is it doing? Eliciting fear. I don't wanna be one of those statistics, yeah. you see? But what if we reversed it? This is how many births happened today? This is how many uh, people, you know, did, did something great? The whole mindset would change. Yeah. You know, the whole mindset would change. I, I'm really picking up from you today. Fear is really driven by perspective in a big way. Yeah. And one of the things we just shared on a recent episode, because what I do is when uh, an entity that people are listening to puts out information, I go and I look at the information in depth and I go and look at, okay, well, what do they say about this thing? And what do they say about that thing? And then you start to put together a, a more complete picture. And it's right there. The WHO is kind of the, the big governing body. A lot of people are getting their news from. They're censoring things if it does, isn't in accordance to the WHO. That's a problem right there. Now, the craziest thing about this entire situation, if people really get this, it's a game changer. It's a shift in your fear. The WHO themselves has said that upwards of 650,000 people die every year from influenza. Right. COVID isn't even on track to, to beat that. Right. Now, with that said, and this is, I'm not getting into a comparison between this and that. This is a new virus. It's very infectious. Right. But my point being is that, number one, this should help to reduce the fear a little bit. But more so, let's look at why have we not been upset that we're losing 650,000 souls every year 98% of them approximately having a chronic disease, right. which many of them are preventable. Why are we not taking care of our loved ones that right. we're kind of pushed to the side, that we're not connecting with anymore? Why are we not getting together in community and, and eating together and, and exercising together and having classes together and learning together? All the things that can help to prevent these losses of lives, but now everybody's upset. Right. To the degree that they're in fear and treating everybody even worse. Right. You know? it's, it's the first time you've had a quarantine of healthy people. It's never Ever. happened. It's never Ever. happened. Yeah. People quarantining because they're healthy. So they don't get sick. It's never happened in history. But with that perspective, you know, is driving the fear. It, it, absolutely. Um, it's called shelter in place. Shelter in place. And people also are unaware that you're going to, according to the AMA, you have two to 300,000 deaths from people going to the hospital and getting pharmaceuticals that killed them, or botched surgeries, things of that particular nature, 300,000 people. Yeah. I mean, that's way bigger than 9-11. Yeah. Every single year, people Every are, year. but we don't see the armed guards out there saying, don't go to the hospital. Right. You yeah. know. It's perspective. It's, it's all perspective. That was in, published in Johns Hopkins, very prestigious, yeah. iatrogenesis, third leading cause of death. Right, right below heart disease and cancer is death by physician. Right. now. You never see thousands of people dying from an overdose of vitamin C. <laughs> overdose of vitamin D. Not too much. Too, too much, much C. Yeah. They did too much yoga. Yeah. 
right. He died of too much meditation. <laughs> Never hear that. Never you don't hear that. that. No. And there's so many wonderful um, health practitioners out there, wonderful physicians, many of them listen to the show, who are doing great work, who are looking at these things, and they understand one of the biggest principles, is, of course, is to do no harm. Right. You know, and we're looking at this in the opposite way right, right now, unfortunately. You know, and so our system is set up in such a way that is wonderful for emergency medicine. Wonderful. If somebody, act car accident, gunshot wound, transplant, wonderful. Blood, blood transplant. But for chronic illnesses, we suck. I'm talking about terrible. It's astronomically it's terrible. Not it just continues to, to rise. Yeah. As the decades have gone down, as we become more evolved and more technologically savvy, those things just continue to climb. We right. haven't even figured out how to get rid of the flu, but we're waiting on a vaccine for COVID. Right. How's the flu vaccine worked out? <laughs> you know, like this is just basic things to think about. But you know, you're, you're dealing with, first of all, we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. They deal with symptoms. They uh, take care of the symptoms with certain, either surgery or pharmaceuticals for the most part. But there's no real study on when people have a remission, somebody has diabetes, they heal it. Somebody has cancer, they heal it. There's no real study on what were the conditions right. for that healing, that that person does not have diabetes anymore. That person does not have cancer anymore. What were the conditions? No, no, they just move on to, well, here are the people who have cancer. Here are the protocols. You know, here's your radiation, here's your chemo, here's this, here's that. But there's no real medical model looking at what are the conditions for these individuals healing. That's why I say we have a sick care system, not a health care system. And our health care system is not even as good as some of the other Western uh, industrial countries, you know, whether it's Canada or Great Britain. You know, we're, in America, we're kind of behind the, we're kind of behind a little bit, you know. But, but, you know, it goes back to what? Pretty much greed and profit. It's, it's, a, it's a system based on greed and profit, not based on the Hipp Hippocratic Oath, which is do no harm. You know, and, 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 and the, I think the doctors are well-meaning. Absolutely. But they're trained in a certain way. Exactly. They're trained. They know more about a pharmaceutical than they know about nutrition. How can you go through medical school and not know about nutrition, but you know more about a pill? It's, it's, it's not yeah, good. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter what you put in your mouth, but here, put these pills in your mouth. <laughs> right. You know, it's just, it, it, it's mind-boggling, really, you know, and... And this is why I love doing this work is that, again, I asked the questions. I was just like, so, okay, where does this medication come from? So I'll go and like actually find out like where does lisinopril come from? And it comes from something in nature. Right. Less, but it's isolated. They isolate something. This is actually from snake venom. Right. Right. Which is crazy to consider, you know, like you got something that's coming from a snake venom, which is supposed to be poisonous. But just like so many different things, like there's a, a healing factor in a lot of things. Yes. Know? But we've got lisinopril, we've got metformin. A lot of medications are actually based on mushrooms. Right. Like 30% of the pharmaceutical drugs, you know, they're based on some kind of fungi, should I say, not mushroom right, specifically. Right. And so nature has a lot of this stuff. But Rainforest. again, it's how you're taught. Yeah, it's, it's how you're taught. You know, aspirin came from a tree yeah. in Africa, you know. But, but when you buy aspirin, it doesn't have all the same powerful ingredients that you get it if you get it direct. It can actually harm you over a period of time. But uh, you can't patent a lot of these things from Mother Nature. So it has to be synthesized in a way that can become chemicalized 
and then it can be sold, and then we put a profit on it. So the system itself, you know, generates greed and a, a sense of um, objectifying us as commodities to extract money from rather than human beings that were called to have compassion and heal. And so we're in the midst, and you talk about turbulence, I think we're in the midst of a great change. I really think that a lot of people are waking up and starting to question, like you're, you're, you're talking here, a lot of people are asking questions that they've never asked before. Whereas people used to just walk lockstep and just follow government and follow medical establishment. People are asking questions now. And I, th I think we're in the midst, we're in the midst of a great change. Even though the negative precedes the birth of something new, yeah. we're in the middle of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can be, I, I think you had the analogy of the, the chicken and the egg. Yes. And I think that that was very poignant yes. for this time because I've, I've had this statement run through my mind many times over the years and I'll try and push it away. And I've said it to my wife many times that I think that this is going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And, and I've seen that play out, you know, especially when you're changing a paradigm, yes. when you're moving to another level, it's just like this old thing has to be taken care of. Right. And it like, it will really hang on. Like McDonald's uh, market share just started to, to tank once uh, folks like Vani Hari, the food babe who we've had on the show, like gotten out, helped to change some, you know, even working with legislators and things like that. But McDonald's was like, we're not going out like that. We got kale shakes now, yeah. right? So like- And come, salads. Right, we got salads, salads to go. We got the shaker salads or whatever, you know, just like we're, we, we got some kale in here, you know, like right. they're, they're adapting, but it's just like, what is the heart of this entity? Yeah. Where's the heart at? And right. the thing is for me, I got to a place also where I do appreciate the change because sometimes change is gonna come from you know, entities that might have been what we might consider, you know, a little bit on the dark side. Yeah. You know, you know I, don't, I don't mind people making profit, but, but you, can, you can transition into, into having a business that's profitable, but it's also doing good work. It's, all emb it's also embracing, you know, something that's non-polluting, not tearing up the earth, not killing the ozone, not tearing up the rainforest, not polluting the oceans. You can have a great thriving business that that's that's in concert and in alignment with with the fundamental principles of reality and the earth absolutely so i don't mind them changing i don't mind if you know the car industry starts slowly moving towards hybrids and electric cars you know we want to move towards a non-polluting environment i don't care if they make money doing that you know but uh this this changed the paradigm that's the thing about it is nothing changes unless individuals actually re-enchant their imagination about the possibility Call it naive if you want. But every great change has come through people who have imagined something different and said, I wonder if this is possible. You know, and they may have been thought crazy at the time. Yeah. You know, but eventually that re-enchantment of the imagination leads to thought, leads to inspiration, leads to action, leads to change. You know, and so we right now you have groups of people that are just stymied by fear, their imagination has been hijacked into, oh, I gotta save my body, I gotta, I'm afraid of being dead, I'm afraid of being annihilated. And their imagination is not with, you know, what kind of person do I wanna be? Where do I wanna grow? You know, five years from now, who do I want to be? You know, what, what, do, what gifts have I, do I want to give before I leave this planet? We have to 
bring people to a higher order of questioning rather than being caught in the, the fear that they're in right now. I, I want to do something really practical for you know folks in their nuclear families who are suddenly that construct is very different now <laughs> for many people. You know, I'm second grade teacher, part-time now mm -hmm. with, my, with my eight-year-old son. I never signed up for it, but it, be, it this became is something home. I had to step into. So I'm gonna, I wanna ask your opinion about that and, and what some of, some of us can do to help us to adjust to the changes that we've had within our own families. We're gonna do that right after this quick break, so sit tight, we'll be right back. I was just riding in the car with my family. It was my wife and my two sons, Jordan, who's 19, and my youngest son, Brayden, who is eight. And Jordan was talking about how in his last year of high school, he was getting that coffee hitter. Like I had no idea that from time to time he would pick up a little bit of that crack bucks, all right, a little Starbucks. And he was just like, because it's, he's not really one of those people that likes coffee necessarily, but he was just like, some days, you know, dad, you like you get up and you're just like, well, not today. But then you have that coffee and you're like, today, today is the day. And it's so funny because when I was in high school, I never saw anybody drink coffee. But before Jordan got his first car, you know, I drop him off at, at school every day. And I would see the students just walking in, holding their crack box cups, right? It's just like, it's being bred into our culture at younger and younger ages. But the reality is cultures throughout the world have been uh, enjoying and utilizing coffee for centuries, right? And in childhood. And it's only recently that this mass production, mass quantity, lower quality has become so pervasive, right? And so now not only are you getting the conventional coffee, but you're also getting a lot of toxicity along with it, the mold, the pesticides, the herbicides. And this is creating an atmosphere where the benefits, the potential benefits of coffee are now going down and people are just going to it because it's a source of caffeine or it's a source of sugar. Right, because a lot of people don't even truly enjoy coffee. They love the stuff that's in it, right? The sugar and the cream and those things. But for me, and what I've been really directing people the last few years, because I was just not a fan of coffee, is let's get coffee, but let's upgrade it tremendously by utilizing some of these powerful medicinal mushrooms along with the coffee. And I do that through Four Sigmatic and their incredible mushroom formulas, their mushroom coffee. Now, when people hear about mushroom coffee, medicinal mushrooms, they might come up with, well, what kind of mushrooms are those, Sean? I'm not talking about psychedelic mushrooms and not talking about culinary mushrooms, I'm talking about the category of medicinal mushrooms. So these mushrooms have been utilized, again, literally for centuries. And this one in particular has documentation from over 2000 years ago with cordyceps. And now today, what's so beautiful is that we have our clinical evidence to affirm the efficacy that our ancestors knew about many, many centuries ago. And so this was a study, and this was published recently in Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise, tested 30 healthy test subjects for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps on their performance in their sport. And the group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group and this oxygen, again, is essential for supplying nutrients to your cells for preventing fatigue and buildup of lactic acid. And another study done by the same group showed that there was an overall 9% increase in aerobic activity, in aerobic performance from taking and utilizing cordyceps. Now, this is a real whole food, earth-grown nutrient sourced ingredient. This isn't a hyper stimulant, which caffeine in of itself can be, and what 
Four Sigmatic was able to do is to reduce the amount of caffeine and add in another natural adaptogen and supporter of your energy that really helps to create this balanced energy. You'll never have those crashes or these strange, crazy coffee jitters that you can get when you utilize Four Sigmatic. All right, so pop over there, check them out, get your hands on some like yesterday. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. Get 15% off the Cordyceps coffee, the Lion's Mane coffee, if you really want to focus on that mental fortitude because Lion's Mane mushroom, this is from the University of Malaya, found that Lion's Mane is able to actually create new brain cells. That's right, it has neurogenesis capabilities, right? Literally the creation of new brain cells and it's found to be neuroprotective and now it's being studied for use for traumatic brain injuries as well. Wow, like you can't get that from Crackbox, but you can get that from Four Sigmatic, all right? So pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 15% off everything. If you're not a fan of coffee, They've got the mushroom coffees, and they're just straight mushroom elixirs as well. So whether it's cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, you can get the real thing. Dual extracted, you're not getting this from other companies. They're doing a hot water extract and an alcohol extract to actually get all the nutrients you're looking for. All right, so pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith. And before the break, I was alluding to something that we're, for the most part, all of us are experiencing on one level or another. Some folks are isolated. They haven't seen their family for a while, mm. or they'll do the drive-by wave, right? I've seen many drive-by parties take place recently. Or some folks are, they're, they're sheltered in place with their nuclear family, you know, their, their kids or their spouse and or spouse. Maybe the dog's getting on your nerves right now, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't like your bark, you know? I used to like your bark, it was cute, but you're just tired of it. So. Knowing that our, our, our constructs are different, what are some of the things that we can start to do so that we can love each other more? Because I don't, you probably are aware of this, but uh, relationships, divorces, problems in marriages right now, or they're starting to edge into a higher place. Yeah, it's, it, things have become more intensified. Now, before I answer that question, I saw a, a something on Instagram, uh, a, like a joke, and it had uh, this guy being interviewed. And he was saying, uh, if you have to be quarantined with your, your spouse and your kids, A, uh, would you, no, if you had to be quarantined, A, would you be with your spouse and kids? Or B, A, he said A. <laughs> <laughs> before, before you can get to the next, the next, before you can get to B, he said A. You know, I don't, no, he, no, he said B. No, he said B. He said B, before he even knew what B was. You know, which, which deals with the intensity that you're talking yeah. about. So the first thing you talked about was the drive-by. And so I think that individuals at that level are beginning to come to an understanding and not take things for granted. You know, your, your ability to, to see your mom or your, your, your friend, you can't see them right now. And there was a time where people may have taken that for granted. Uh, I'll, I'll go by and check on mom later or I'll go see dad next week. He'll be there. Yeah. And now they realize, no, they may not. We may not be able to see them. So I think people are growing in a level of not taking things for granted, you know, and, and, are, and are reaching out more. They're doing not only drive-bys, you know, they're texting each other, they're calling each other, how you doing, checking in. So that's a growth in compassion and a level of intimacy. Now, when it comes to tight quarters, you know, generally people think they're mad at the other person but they're actually mad at an assumption they have in their mind about what they, they think the other person should be doing. And so they're, they're actually 
<laughs> I just looked over at my wife. <laughs> they're mad at their own, they have their own assumptions and they're, they're bumping up against their own assumptions and projecting it onto the other person. So we have to take um, responsibility for what our own assumptions are about what we think somebody else should be or what they should be doing at this time. And we have to own that. And then we have a level of patience. And, and instead of living in what should or shouldn't be, we have to deal with what is. You know, um, I'm not in a good mood, not in a good mood. Don't put that on anybody. You're feeling tired and caged in? You're feeling tired and caged in, own that. But don't put that on somebody else because you're feeling tired and caged in. Somebody's done something you don't like, you assume they were gonna do something different. Own that energy. You know, this is, this is subtle stuff, but if people began to just practice, you know, accepting what is rather than what they want it to be, their joy, their baseline of joy would be higher. There'd be greater spaciousness and then greater compassion and then greater ability to dialogue, to have conversation. And you know what? It's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with, I need a moment. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, I'm going to another room. I'm gonna be by myself. If people gave people that opportunity, you know, I, I, I just wanna hang out by myself right now. Then I think that the, um, the intensity that people get into, because when people get into intensity, they're trying to get that other person to fit their assumption of reality that they're holding. Yeah. And you should not, no, 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 no. That's a core truth right there. Yeah. Because, and, and I've seen this, what we tend to do when we're upset with our significant other, to really just kind of break it down to its bare minimum is they're not doing the thing that you want them to do. Right. Right. And the crazy thing is we get mad about that, but that's the nature of humanity. You can't walk in somebody else's shoes. People are always gonna do stuff you don't want them to do. Absolutely. And life will be boring. Right. You know, like it just brings some variety and spice to life. So I started to like look at the things that my wife would do that I'd, didn't necessarily want to do is like, oh, that's cute. You know, I had to change it. I had to change that energy, you know, and, and think about that's it interesting. You know, but it's just really, I, I took away from that because it's really us, you know, but it's like, it's a, it's a healthy version of, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. You know, it's not the breakup version. It's the, you know, healthy relationship version. Right. Yeah. And, and see what happens is we, we ratchet it back from this. I get mad at you. I ratchet that back to, my mind is just mad. To, it goes back to, why is my mind mad? My mind doesn't have to be mad, you know? I can actually take responsibility and look at those thoughts and not send them out anywhere. So I'm not mad at you. First, I go back to, I'm just mad. And then, hmm, what is that thought that's driving that mad? This is all part of introspection that we all have a lot of time for. People have a lot of time, particularly if they take the, uh, the curfew. You know, to just look at their own mind. Just look at it. You know, where, where are those thoughts coming from? Are they my thoughts? Did I inherit those thoughts from previous relationship, from uh, uh, growing up? Do I have to keep them? No, I don't. I can choose a higher thought. I could actually do that. I actually have dominion and actually choose a higher thought expand my awareness. And so I think that the, the benefit, if we can say that, the corona bonus, is that uh, people can actually use this time to do a great reset of their own awareness. You That's know? powerful. 
They can so do powerful. It. So I reached out to you um, a couple weeks ago. I sent you a, a voice memo and I just shared something that I only share with my wife because I found myself thinking thoughts and saying things out loud that I don't normally say. And it, like, it takes a lot for me to, to feel the way that I was feeling. And the, the word, and I'll share it here, what I, what I expressed is that I was feeling a sense of disappointment. Mm-hmm. I was feeling very disappointed in humanity, mm. and the way that we were responding. I was feeling very disappointed in the, the so-called leaders, the people who uh, monetize their platforms mm-hmm. and you know always sharing this and that, but not really stepping up and, and speaking truth mm-hmm. and doing their homework and finding a way to help. Mm-hmm. They're just, they continued on their little, you know, uh, you know, get my vitamin or whatever the case might be, you know? And so I was just feeling this sense of disappointment, which I just, it was so, it made me feel so off mm-hmm. center. And I listened to one of your messages, uh, something you guys had posted on uh, one of your platforms. And it just got me like, I woke up, I remembered, oh, t- let me ask a different question. Mm-hmm. You know, let me see what this is really about because I was so in it. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? When you're so in it, how do you get from being in it, in the, in the, in the muck, in the dirt, right. to being able to ask that empowering question? Right. That, that's that's, that's the, called the quantum leap, where you go from one level to another without a ladder. And so one of the ways of doing that is being able to ask a question. Um, one question, if, if a person is in a really dark space, because um, there's, there's depression going on now too. There's people that are, you know, uh, having some very hard times. So you ask a question such as, um, whatever this thing is, whatever the, whatever the person thinks is causing the depression or causing the dark thing, if that were to last forever, what quality would I have to grow in order to have peace of mind? If you ask that question, the mind will go on a hunt. You know, what quality would I have to go? You know, oh, is it kindness? Is it, is it patience? Is it, is it forgiveness? The mind will go on a hunt, and, and eventually you'll find what you need. Oh, God, I need to be more forgiving. Then what happens is the mind will start going towards forgiveness. I'm just using this as an example. Yeah. And then the condition will, will recede in significance. And then forgiveness will, will open a window for you to see life differently. The perspective will change. So, the, so the, the question is, you know, if this, whatever this thing is, were to last forever, what quality would I have to grow, you know, in order to have peace of mind? The mind goes on a hunt. So that's, that's one way of, of doing it. The other thing that you did was you began to ask a different question. You began to answer a diff, ask a different kind of question. Now, here's the deal. Universal principle says that the universal presence through the laws will answer any question that you ask. That's a principle. Now, most people will ask, what's wrong? Who's to blame? How did this happen? Why me? Those are disempowering questions. They don't take you anywhere but into a downward spiral. What's wrong? You start to get into what's wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. Who's to blame? Oh, they're to blame. They did this, you know. Um, you know. Why me? How did this happen? But if you ask another question, what is the meaning of this for me? You know, you could ask, what is, what is, what is, this, what is the meaning? For instance, sometimes 
um, when I have to do a memorial service. I just this this one did one recently, and um, I'll say instead of asking, you know, what is the meaning of this person dying so young, or I'll say ask this question: How can I give my life meaning based on knowing this person? How can I give my life meaning? That changes the energy. Oh, this person was very gregarious. He's very loving, very forgiving. Oh, I can give my life meaning by taking some of those qualities and keeping him alive in my heart as I go on to life. So we can ask, you know, what is the meaning of this? You know, how can I grow? How can I become more myself? We change. If you ask that question, the universe is going to answer it. It's going to be subtle or it's going to be a book may fall off a shelf or somebody, you'll, pick, you'll hear a CD or something. It's, oh, the universe will answer it. But we have to be sincere in our asking. We have to really stop asking disempowering questions. They're called life's futile questions. What's wrong? Who's to blame? Why me? Those are futile questions. They have no answers to them. But if we ask a higher question, you start to ratchet out. Now, it doesn't mean that condition changes immediately. But as you said earlier, your perspective changes. Yeah. And then answers, guidance, intuitive hits, direct knowing, creativity, innovativeness starts to happen regarding the condition. You end up being a changed person. And then what do you do? Years later, you look back and you say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. That negative thing, whatever it was that I hated, I look back at it now, it's grown me into this being, you know. Yeah, so powerful. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about, of course, there's many other things I want to talk about, but I think that this is very uh, timely and important right now. My mission is, you know, we never really necessarily, I can't personally save someone's life. Hmm. You know, it's it's a choice from within. And let, of course, like there's a situation, you know, to somebody's movie, drowning movie scenario right, <laughs> right. i dive i got you you know i dive in and, and do my um, merman thing and save somebody but outside of that it's a decision and right now we're in the midst of a um really frightening time for the ramifications of how our society has shut down and what we're looking at now is being labeled as these deaths of despair and if you look at some of the data coming out from public health officials in australia they're looking at potentially 10 times more deaths from suicide than from COVID. Right. And we're seeing the potential from here. Same thing, not just suicide, because people think unemployment and they just connect that one thing. It's also about a 50% increased risk of heart attacks. Mm -hmm. Homicide goes up. Jail goes up. There's so many other conditions. And we're looking at potentially, it's, and if it unfolds the way that it's going right now, this is going to be several million, million lives lost. I think... I just want to do something about it. You know, I want to do the very best that I can to help to, to curb that. It's not already done. So is there anything that we can do as far as like, you know, if you can speak to people that are having a hard time or also like what can we do to help transition this movement and change the direction personally if we are in a good place, but we want to change this narrative? Right. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, two, it's at least two levels. Anybody who is suffering, you know, of course we want to embrace beings with compassion. You know, people are suffering. Uh, they have lost their jobs. They've lost friends and family. And we, we want to, again, help them think about something differently. We want to begin uh, to help them 
have an awareness that it's called hope, you know. Uh, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. It starts with hope, just a little bit of hope that things can be better. And then hope opens its way up to faith. Faith is you start to believe something you can't even see yet. And then faith then births conviction. I know, I know it's going to be better. I know it's okay. So people that are hopeless, we want to give them a little hope. We want to give them, show them scenarios of people who are in the same situation they were in, but, but there were answers. There were uh, ways of, of changing, uh, ways of embracing a higher order of, 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 their own, of their own being. So, you know, again, we, we can't be callous. You know, they're, 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 there's suffering going on, you know. Where we're concerned, we cannot go into the vibration of that suffering. That doesn't help. Compassion, you know, there's, there's sympathy, which means I, I'm, I, I'm feeling exactly what you're feeling. We don't want to be sympathetic. We don't want to be empathetic, which is I'll feel for you. We want to be compassionate, which means I'm not going to go into the ditch with you, but I'm going to ask this question, how can I serve you? You know, so that's what compassion says. How can I serve you? Not how I can feel what you're feeling. There are some people who are empaths, they just feel it anyway. But how can I serve? So I think if we all ask, how can I serve? We'll get an answer that's one, universal, and two, individual. Somebody may serve by going to the soup kitchen and serving meals. Somebody may serve by making a tremendous, or as much as they can, donation to suicide prevention or to uh, working on the suicide hotline, funding that. You know, so if I ask, how can I serve? I'm going to be given a unique prescription for me. This is how I can serve, you know. And then we must be aware of this, that everything is in flux right now. The whole world, nothing as it as, is normal, nothing as it was, which means this is a time for great change. But we have to be the architect of that change, not the old paradigm. We have to do it. So we have to be empowered to have new vision, new dreams. We have to begin to describe the world we want to live in. We have to describe it. Right now, we can describe what we don't want more than what we do want. So what are we going to get? What we don't want. So everyone is charged to write down the description of the world they want to live in and write down the description of how they can serve. Universal law would take that over. And this is what we were seeking to do um, a few days ago with the uh, May Day World Meditation, had millions of people begin to stop, reset, and reimagine the world we want to live in. We have to do that. I'm not the old forces that want to control your life and extract money from you by any means necessary will define the future. If you want to know what the future is, create it. And you create it by defining it. This is what the law says. The law says not you, 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 you describe what you see. The law says you see what you describe. So again, on the individual level, I ask, how can I serve? On the universal level, we have to all ask. We have to begin to describe the world we want to live in, particularly during this time of great changes, because nothing is malleable. Everything is malleable. Nothing is set anymore. Nothing is set. Yeah. You know? So we could, we, it's, all, it's like Plato, it's, it's, 
It's clay. We can, the clay is hot. It's, we can, we can make some changes if we come out of fear and begin to describe the world we want to live in. And then I ask myself, what's my role in that? What can I do? And we all walk in that direction. Excitement, enthusiasm, hopelessness, to hope, to faith, to conviction. Things will change. Love it. Rev, you like, for me, um, and this is going to sound crazy, Pinocchio. He's got Jiminy Cricket. He's conscious outside of himself. And I see you as that oftentimes. The like, Jiminy Cricket character? Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> and, uh, but seriously, you, you, you put so much good uh, energy out into the world. And of course, I know that you know it comes through you. But, you know, you're, you're a very remarkable human being. And I'm just so grateful that you're on Earth right now. You know that you're on Earth right now for this moment, you know, so. We, thank you, man. But you know, this is our time. Yeah. I've been telling people of this walk, this is the moment we've been waiting for because everything is flexible. Everything was hard before. This is the way it was. You could elect a president, you kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, things aren't like that anymore. Things are in flux. Everything's are fluxed up. Yeah. So why don't we take the opportunity to say what we want to see? Love why, it. Why don't we do it? Absolutely. Can you let folks know where they can get more? Yeah. More information, more education, uh, more just everything. If they go to michaelbeckwith.com, in there they'll be able to subscribe to my app. And they'll find something that says michaelbbeckwith.tv. They go there and subscribe to the app. Then they go to the app store, Beckwith Inspires. Uh, they'll find it MBB and they get the app. If they want to uh, participate in, the, in a really beautiful spiritual community that's, uh, we call it a dogma-free zone, Agape International, they can go to agapelive.com. A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E dot com and watch the services on Sunday. There are three. On the Agape Facebook, hey, noontime meditation, morning prayer, Friday night community gathering, um, crisis support. They can go to my Instagram. I have uh, wonderful conversations with people on there as well as daily inspiration. But I'm easy to find and um, I'm always in the vibration of serving the next paradigm, the emerging paradigm. I mean, I'm here to serve. This, this is one thing people say to me sometimes, these spiritual teachings, these spiritual principles, can they save the world? And I always say, what world do you want to save? Do you want to save the world in which black people are being killed by police officers? Do you want to save the world in which a, a virus is being politicized? Do you want to save the world in which we have a sick care system? No, no, we want to serve the emerging paradigm. We don't want to save the old world. We want to evolve. So these, these, these principles and things that I'm setting out, things you're doing, is actually being in service to the next iteration of who we can be. That's what it's about. I feel so at peace right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to hang out with us and thank you for sharing your gift. I appreciate you immensely. Thank you, appreciate Everybody. you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Wow, um, I have very little to say right now. What's coming up for me, ironically, is I'm thinking about Westworld. Right? I'm thinking about my wife. She knows that she, she found a little loophole with me because I'm like, baby, I don't know. It's a little bit much. She's like, but you can always learn something from it. That's what we do. And so we started watching the show 
and is very interesting, very creative, very innovative. But once you get to you know this last season, the current season of this show, folks are starting to realize that there's been this kind of governing power outside of them that has been co controlling their lives. And not to give everything away if you haven't watched the show, but people were offered the opportunity to revolt. You know, things were really fluxed up. And they started to realize like, even though my life is a certain way and it's, it, it isn't chaotic, I still want the ability to choose. And we wanna remember that we do not, if anything, allow our ability to choose to be taken away. It's one of the most important things right now. You have the choice. You have a choice to think the thoughts that you wanna think. You have the choice to take the actions that you wanna take to a reasonable degree. But we're at a place where, again, things are fluxed up and we have the ability to, to, to kind of shift and maintain our ability to decide the path that we want for our lives. A lot is at stake right now. And it's actually a really beautiful thing because like you said, there's an emerging paradigm. And for me, I thought it was so crazy that a show like this would come out right at this time where there's this dystopian world, everybody's got the mask on, people are rioting. How did they know? That message was there, it's channeled through some people. But when I see stuff like that, I think, do, does everybody else see what I'm seeing? Do, do, do they see what I'm seeing? There's a message here. This is what we could be looking at if we don't change, if we don't do something differently. You know, I think a lot of us are even obsessed, like the uh, epidemic began and you see the top five movies in the country is like pandemic, outbreak, you know, like we want to kind of get immersed in the fear, you know, like let me draw it out a little bit more and just have something to feel and just kind of hide out. Let me give myself more reason to be scared. When we can look at so much that's empowering right now, we can look at, again, so many wonderful things that are happening. Again, I love that he pointed this out specifically in this episode. It's not to ignore that negative, bad things aren't happening, but it's giving us an opportunity to do something about it. And so I'm asking you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it? You've got so much power and potential in you, but this is the time. This is really the time to, to take action. And make sure to check out his new app. You can get him right there on the phone, little push the button, boop. You've got access to Michael Beckwith. And as I've shared many times already in this episode, he's been a huge inspiration in my life. And um, I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you did, please share it out with everybody that you care about. You can share it on social media. You can tag me and tag Michael as well. And let us know what you thought of the episode. And we've got some epic stuff coming your way. I'm not stopping anytime soon. All right, I'm going to help usher in that emerging paradigm. I know you're going to help me the same. All right, take care. Have an amazing day. I'm going to talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.